And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your host Joel and man, man, I'm 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 in a way this week, Matt. I tell you, I just came back from Philadelphia. You can tell because I got my Philadelphia Eagles shirt on that I bought while I was there. <laughs> I'm jet lagged. I worked way harder today than I thought I was going to, but I just had to catch up on everything because we had to bring you this show tonight. A day late than usual, but it'll still be up on Wednesday and it will be up for all the nice patrons as soon as possible. Fantastic. Yeah, you've had a you've had a busy busy couple of days and yeah. I am I, I am amazed that I'm even as with it as I was. Again, my my plane to actually take me back to Canada left at 6 a.m., which means I had to be up at 3 at the hotel <laughs> to the airport by 4 and on the plane to get back here by 7 just so I could, you know, have someone pick me up at the airport. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Although I was lucky, though, because there's that big Carolina hurricane going on in the States. A bunch of my friends who went after me to the airport uh, got stuck there for like five hours because planes got delayed. Oh, damn, that sucks. Mm. So I cannot complain, but uh, yes, I just came back from Keystone Comic Con. I have a video up now on the channel telling everybody how I went. It's the first year they ran it. Uh, Jason, the dude from Read Pop, who was you know partly responsible for bringing me out there and everything, as well as a bunch of fans who donated to a thing to get me out there as well. Uh, yeah, it, it was a first con. You know, some bugs they're working out and everything. I think they're going to have it earlier next year. They were talking about because it's two weeks from New York Comic Con. Mm, yeah yeah isn't or isn't like new york comic-con next like this coming weekend very soon yeah 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 which is like the same weekend i'm gonna be at a comic-con here in australia as well yeah we have so many comic-cons now they're starting to pile up i will say though having it be a lot lighter on the floor and having not as many people show up was excellent for me because i just got to go up and pester as many comic writers as i wanted Oh, that's good. Yeah, I pestered James. Uh, I, I pestered Jim Zub. I pestered David <laughs> F. Walker. I met Nick Spencer for the very first time. Oh, nice. What was he like? He was quite nice. He was even nicer when I told him how much that I liked uh, Secret Empire because I came up to him. They're like, <laughs> hey, man. He's like, ugh. Tell me he probably scared the, scared the shit out of him. Probably a little bit. I'm like, hey, man, I thought Secret Empire was great. Loving what you're doing with Spider. He's like, oh, oh, okay. No one, no one comes at me that aggressively and has nice things to say. <laughs> Here's the shocking thing about Nick Spencer. Tiny guy. Not that tall. Yeah? Yeah, not that tall. He writes He writes like a much taller man. He writes like a man of at least 6'8". <laughs> <laughs> he writes like he is 6'8". <laughs> he writes like a much taller man. But no, he was very pleasant and very cool. I, a bunch of celebrities walked by me is the funny thing because I stayed at the Marriott and it was the one connected to the convention center by Skybridge. Uh, who did I meet? Oh, uh, Frank Miller, crazy Frank Miller's uh, security detail told me to get out of the way. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> as he as he walked along, although I say walk, it's more like he shuffled along like the part zombie <laughs> man that he is. <laughs> like he's at that age where maybe he should be in a wheelchair or maybe he should have a cane where he's like ah fuck it that's not for me yeah fuck yeah weakness <laughs> here's another thing i held the door for a dude in a wheelchair and like his whole family i thought he was just a dude and i'm like oh how pleasant were they i found out later that was carol spinney that was the original Big Bird from uh, Sesame Street. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So I held the door for Big Bird, everybody. 
<laughs> I also met, uh, what is it, wrestler Tommy Dreamer, and I almost met wrestler Bully Ray. He was signing into the hotel, like, on the Saturday, and, like, I passed him, and I'm like, oh, shit, it's Bully Ray, and, you know, the people with me, they don't watch wrestling, they don't care, and I'm like, oh, he's one of the, you know, the Dudley Boys, 10-time tag team champion, and I could tell he was having, like, that moment of, like, oh, here they come, they're gonna talk to me, and they're like, well, you should say hi, Joel, and I'm like, nah, I don't want to bother him, and then we just walked on. <laughs> so I'm sure I made his day, and oh, good, he didn't bother me when I was signing into the hotel. <laughs> but, you know, enough about me, Matt. How was your week? Yeah, it was, it was pretty good catching up on my comic reviews. I've been planning what I'm going to be doing for this Comic-Con I've got coming up this weekend uh, since I'm actually going to be... Since I, I was lucky enough to get Media Pass, so I didn't have to pay for my ticket. So I'm there That's for, always the best. There for media. So I ended up um, going to be staying in, in the city for that. So cool. that's going to be really fun. So hopefully there'll be like some type of video like what you did with yeah. yours. I, I know Repop, the company that got me out to this one, apparently they do like conventions all over the world, like even countries you wouldn't expect, like India and Africa and everything. I think they have one in Australia too. I know they had one in London and Scotland. They do MCM. Uh, I think I've heard of that. Yeah. Well, I think I remember Tom talking about it back in the day that that was the one he went out to, MCM. Yeah, it sounds familiar, yeah. They have they have outlets all over the world, except for Canada. <laughs> except for the country I live. I'm like, guys, hey, you want to do something here? I can help. Well, you know why they don't do it? Because Fan Expo is run by someone else, and Fan Expo is the biggest one yeah yeah it's like the convention turf wars which again that was another problem i think with philadelphia more people were loyal to wizard world because wizard world has been in philadelphia since like day one yeah well that, that's like here in australia we've got the one i'm going to next weekend called oz comic con and then i think in two months we have one called supernova and supernova was the one that was before it and it's one everyone goes to mm. now everyone's starting to come over to oz comic con because right. it's like a bigger bigger venue and everything and yeah it's 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 very strange that they have them so close together again it's like a turf war i will say this about the people of philadelphia some of the nicest people ever actually the people at the hotel the people at the airport everyone was super cheery it's the city of brotherly love and i really felt it Okay, it's fu It's funny. Like you, the company you were telling me about that that organized this, they're the ones who organized Oz Comic Con. Ah, there you go. Like I said, all over the world. Again, I met the dude Jason. He gave me his card and saying, "Hey, you know, talk to us if you know maybe you want to get out to some of these other ones. Maybe one of these days I will finally make the long trek to Australia." <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. That would be fun. We can actually do an L or we can actually do like a freaking comic multiverse in the same room. Wouldn't that be some shit? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I thought of this too on the trip. Matt, I've worked with you longer than I've worked with anyone else online. Really? Yes, I've worked with you longer than wow. anyone else. And I know so little about you. You're such a private garden person. <laughs> I think you have siblings. I don't think you're an only child, but I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> yes, I do have siblings. Well, that's the, that's, that's one of the things I, I, I told myself. I wasn't going to be like all these other people and like like record every intimate detail of my life that's fair because that know. can obviously get very very like ugly if it can that. yeah and i respect you for doing that and when i started i tried to do that too but i also am like nah i gotta get more of myself out there i mean just recently because of the channel people know my mom and dad now because of that because they've shown up 
in different projects I've been doing because I'm like, oh crap, they're here. I might as well do it. Makes me makes me look more human and relatable. <gasps> Joel has parents too. He just wasn't grown in a lab. <laughs> Joel is a human. Mm-hmm. I think he eats food and probably sleeps. In some cases, I'm sure he does those more than he probably should. <laughs> eats and sleeps too much. But yes, everyone, of course, the week I go to way to a con, the week that, you know, we have to preempt the show a day, is the week that all the shit happens at once. All of the shit. All of the shit happens at once. We were, we were running on fumes, Matt, for so many days here. After, uh, what is it, after San Diego Comic-Con, there was nothing to talk about. Now it seems that everything is all hit at once. Oh boy, did it ever. Yeah, so with that, let's actually, uh, let's take a look at the news that we got. And, oh, thank you, Skype, you updated again, and once again, I can't find the things <laughs> that I have written. Wonderful. What a, what a great oh, app. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. What a, what a freaking great app. Uh, Alright, so, starting things off, this happened early in the week. This actually happened as I was there. Uh, Henry Cavill might be done with being Superman, or Superman might be done with him, but maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> well, they weren't very, like, like open about it or anything, but yeah, it, it, all, all things point to, like, him not coming back to that role. They're being super non-committal about it, but yeah, by and large, it seems to be, hey, have you heard any news about Man of Steel 2 in, like, the last five years? No. Yeah, or any other type of Superman-related film? No. That's not Supergirl, or isn't, like, you know, Superman, Red Sun, but basically, yeah, all things we don't need Henry Cavill for. Yeah, yeah. Justice League opened soft. There was rumors that apparently he was supposed to show up in Shazam, but they either cut him or he couldn't make it because of scheduling conflicts, because, hey... If you didn't notice, he's actually doing good elsewhere. He was in Mission Impossible. He's going to be the Witcher in The Witcher. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Like the guy's doing pretty well for himself now outside of like the DC films. They're like doesn't particularly need them anymore no no this isn't like one of those things where it's like this is his only claim to fame and he needs those Superman paychecks again doing fine elsewhere and I will weep no tears for him because he seems to be doing quite well. Well, that, that's the thing, like, elsewhere, every role outside of playing Superman, he shows that he can act, he has charisma, he has chemistry with his castmates, except for the DC Cinematic Universe. Which, isn't that the saddest thing, where it's like, man, you never really got, if this is the end of you as Superman, you never really got a chance, did you? You were hamstrung every step of the way. Yeah, you cast someone who is charismatic and friendly and everything as a charismatic and friendly superhero and don't take advantage of that. Whether it was Man of Steel where it's like, okay, we're reinventing the wheel for no reason here. Be really dour, sad, alien, and unapproachable the whole movie. To Batman v Superman where it's like, well, we don't really care about you anymore. We really care about establishing Ben Affleck as Batman. Oh, and a little bit of Gal Gadot. To Justice League where it's like, well, you'll be dead for most of the movie, so you're not even going to be in it. (laughs) And when you are, you're going to have a terrible CGI mustache face that will scare and confuse the audience. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such a shame, such a shame, because with the right material, he would have been a really good Superman, I think. It's, you know, it's definitely one of those, now that it might be over, you think about the road not traveled, and you think about the what-ifs. Also, too, this looks really bad on them, because it's like, wait, so you're not going to be moving ahead with your Superman, your Batman movie has stalled, and now your Batman is in rehab. 
Yeah. <laughs> which was another thing. Ben Affleck is going back to rehab again for booze. I didn't mention this when it was actually a thing a couple weeks ago because I felt bad about mentioning it. Because I'm like, well, that's not really new so much as it's sad stuff happening in a dude's personal life. But yeah, you're down a Batman and a Superman now. Your Wonder Woman movie is sounding more and more like an in-universe reboot. Oh, it totally is. It totally is. <laughs> and you're going full force with Shazam and Aquaman now, two movies that kind of operate on their own and don't really need Batman and Superman in them. Again, are we in the soft reboot stage now of the DC Universe officially? Of course we are. Of course we are. Now, again, Cavill's manager was sure to come out online and be like, no, 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 don't worry. He still has the cape. He's still dedicated to this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, again, that's a very non-committal answer. It was very vague. It was a very vague. As people were saying, it's probably like some negotiation tactic mm -hmm. where, like, they 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 say that he's not going to play it so that all the fans come out and say let him play it let him play it so it shows like look all these people want me let me have a movie it's called generating interest is what it is it's like well yeah. you motherfuckers cared about man of steel 2 before you thought you weren't gonna get one you know they didn't care about it because they weren't given a reason to care about it because they weren't given a reason to care about it. i thought of it too where it's like oh Oh, is he keeping the costume at least until they do that proposed Supergirl project where he can show up, give exposition, and then pass the torch and be like, okay, you're the super person now of this universe. I will go away now. Probably. Probably. I could but even WB came out with one, but it was just like a, it was a, um, a statement that was like so vague. They're like, Henry Cavill is an actor. <laughs> <laughs> he is in that's movies. basically what it was <laughs> boy what a what an actor he is he's in movies sometimes our movies but not recently <laughs> henry cavill also apparently gave some very vague stuff on instagram which i didn't see because i don't follow him on instagram because again he played a boring superman and i didn't care what he was doing yeah <laughs> again don't feel too bad for him though he's gonna be fine i'm pulling for him in the witcher it's just it's just kind of sad to see his uh what is it time is superman sputter out the way it's doing but hey maybe he'll do better than routh and keen and all the other guys there where it's like hey maybe your career will actually survive the superman curse <laughs> yeah let's hope let's hope fingers crossed man because that that superman curse thing it's a legit killer oh yeah <laughs> both literally and figuratively and hey from uh one killer to another we got our first photos this week from the brand new upcoming joker origin movie starring joaquin phoenix yeah there were there were some fantastic pictures of oh. just joaquin phoenix in a sweater what a what a guy what a guy he it's, is it's iconic it was iconic that iconic you know? that sweater jacket <laughs> that vest they're gonna be selling that everywhere matt it's gonna be the hot new fashion trend of uh, 2019 yeah, and then you got to get the 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 middle aged creep costume sets for for Halloween. Yeah, that's that's what gets me too. I'm like, wait, so he was already creepy before he became the Joker? Isn't that a little lazy? Yeah, yeah it is. It's not much it of is. a transformation if he already looked like a creepy serial killer before he took an acid bath. Yeah, did you see the little clip as well they had of like people filming it? No, there was a little clip. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, they were, they were, like, filming the movie, and he, like, there's, like, some clown or something, yes. like, a person dressed in a clown costume, and he, like, takes the clown's nose and throws it and then laughs, and I'm like, oh, God, is it going to be one of those movies? He pulled a joke on the... He's such a joker. Yeah, he jokes the clowns. Seriously, no shit. Again, this was half because I was away and sleep-deprived and half because I didn't think it would actually do this. When I saw that picture of him and the clown... I legitimately thought that it was like a like a panel that someone took or like a screenshot someone took from that Jim Carrey kidding show that's uh, going around. <laughs> oh yeah. I actually thought it was that. <laughs> like like legitimately, like there's no joke to that. I actually thought that's what it was and then to find out oh that's the Joker origin movie. Oh. Oh, okay. oh no. Okay. Which again another story we didn't talk about. Apparently uh what is it? Uh, they were supposed to have their Thomas Wayne cast, but then he left already. Yeah, Alec Baldwin like left, and they've like completely. They've actually just hired some new guy to new play guy, him. Yeah, yeah uh, some guy who was in Dark Knight Rises or something. Um, but yeah, yeah, they, I, they're not very vague. They're very vague on like why Alec Baldwin left, and, and like everyone's putting it down to well, they said they were going to make it like a Trump esque thomas wayne which is completely different to the thomas yeah. wayne in like literally every canon right. um which again where it's like baldwin seems up for anything and you couldn't keep him attached to this project yeah exactly when baldwin looks at it and goes i am too good for this and then leaves <laughs> or, may, or as well maybe like maybe like they didn't tell him that like what he was meant to play it as and he thought oh i'm just gonna be playing you know like my 30 rock character like a businessman sort of thing and then yeah. they like tried to get all political with her and he's like nah let's not do that <laughs> i mean he's only been donald trump on tv forever maybe he's like nah, i'm not gonna do it again for this you know i've already done it yeah yeah which is pretty hilarious but yes this is this is one of only a dozen new joker movies that will be coming your way <laughs> very soon so if this one is bad don't worry they'll have 12 other chances to make one yeah. you like and none of them are related to each other. Nope. 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 This one's set in the 80s, so Joker's already like a 50-year-old man in the 80s with no Batman around or anything. I can't I can't raise my eyebrows high enough. <laughs> DC, hey, if we just keep throwing everything at the wall, eventually we'll get something you like. Yeah. Trial and error, man. Just got to put it in the lab. Got to figure it out. <laughs> this time the darts came up to Joker origin movie 80s <laughs> and Joaquin Phoenix yeah what's gonna happen next we don't know we'll figure it out huh I hope one of these days it lands on Booster Gold uh, Blue Beetle buddy comedy time travel nah I won't do that it'll be like Booster Gold Harley Quinn buddy cop mm. time travel yeah not even a romantic comedy what <laughs> yeah period piece what yeah what the fuck <laughs> why does it keep going musical well okay <laughs> they made just about everything else i think they should make a justice league musical you could have the music meister be the villain neil patrick harris will reprise his role of course of course they have the fiddler in there and oh you get all the musical villains you get the fiddler uh you get the green uh lantern villain who's like a tuning fork guy Oh, yep, yep. You get him in there. Uh, you get Vigilante on the good guys team, because obviously he's a country music star turned uh, <laughs> Vigilante superhero, so there you go. <laughs> Just put them all together, and it'd be great. It'd be great. We're going to love it. 
keeping up with the Batman uh, theming that we've been going on with so far, it was announced that Nora Freeze has been cast for the upcoming CWDC superhero crossover event. Yeah, this crossover just keeps getting better and better. It keeps getting bigger and bigger, too, and everything they've said so far has me excited. Obviously, with Nora Freeze being confirmed in here, this leads me to believe, oh, is Mr. Freeze going to be the bad guy in this one? Are they doing Heart of Ice? We know Batwoman and Gotham are going to play a major uh, major part in this. Wouldn't that be something if they brought Mr. Freeze in here, too? I think that would be really awesome, especially given, like, the Mr. Freeze that's on Gotham at the moment is, like, really shit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that would be really cool if they brought him into, like, the CW universe and kind of claimed him and, and made him a bit better. He, he seems like the perfect villain to cl- uh, claim, too, because obviously we comic fans and we cartoon fans know that he's fucking amazing and super awesome mm. when written right. But I'm sure the movies are like, nope, nope, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. We can't can't do that, can't touch that. There'll be too many ice puns. It'll be terrible. Yeah. I bet Hollywood's afraid to touch him for that reason. So, yeah, he would be perfect on television. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And, he, yeah, you could flesh out his character more. And yeah. obviously with Nora, Nora in there, you've got, like, that that aspect before. And it seems like they, they might be doing that before introducing him fully. Yeah, like, like maybe like she she's fine and then she falls ill. That could be a thing. That's what I wondered too. I'm like, is she just a background character in this? Are they showing that? Well, yes, Nora Freeze is in here just to show you that this stuff exists within the CW universe. Yeah, yeah. Either way, I'm excited for it. Either way, I think that's super cool. Yeah, there's a lot, goddamn, lots happening in the in this in this uh, crossover, and it come, it's coming soon as well, like November. Very- yeah, all of this stuff is coming up very soon. They actually announced who the bad guy was going to be for uh, Flash this season. Yeah, who's that? Uh, he looks kind of shit, but I think it's supposed to be Sequoia or Sakudi. Again, it's a really weird... He's a cult leader. He runs a speed cult, but more importantly than that, he uh, directs his followers to go around and kill everyone that the Flash has ever saved. Oh, that's cool. Because he was struck by a lightning bolt, too, and so, like, that's what gave him his power, but he can suck people's life force out of them. Oh, that sounds interesting. That does sound interesting. I think you could build a whole thing around that, and he's also not a speedster, which I like. Yeah, that's very interesting. Like, uh, when when he said he got struck by lightning, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Not a speedster. We had one season that wasn't a speedster, and it was kind of eh, kind of bit better, but they're back to the speedster. But glad they're not going back to speedster. The Stinger season, again, started super strong. It ended weak, but it started mm, incredibly yeah. strong. And I hope that they fix that problem here. Yeah. This villain is super easy to do, too, because, again, he doesn't really wear a costume, although they've given him, like, this weird polygonal mask his followers though have this cool thing they have like these knives uh that are shaped like lightning bolts okay so i'm like all right you could actually do that on a budget again this is like i think this is like very early jeff john's flash stuff again they're pulling from oh that's cool so it's like the same with supergirl like supergirl this this season is going to seem to be fighting like a cult sort of following with agent liberty and i still don't like what they did with agent liberty and made him basically like u.s agent a Ma- uh, um, no he made him basically a maga supporter which u.s agent basically is too now <laughs> yeah yeah basically i i don't really like what they did with him and his costume was kind of crappy That's as well it. i had such a pitch for u.s agent i wanted to do it's too high concept they'd never do it but i would want u.s agent to come back and be like oh i'm the more right-wing captain america 
but he starts hanging out with like a team of young heroes who are clearly supposed to represent like uh, uh, Milo, what's his face, and like the new All yeah. Might, and like to have USA to be like, you guys are fucked. <laughs> yeah, kind of realize like, no, you've kind of lost sight of everything. Yeah. Like, like, what like, the fuck I, are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm too right wing for the rest of the superhero community, and I think you guys are fucking weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> that'd actually be pretty cool <laughs> okay it's too high concept u.s agent doesn't sell even though his costume is fucking great it is it's a really cool costume like, his costume is so great i'm ashamed that they never did anything with him although actually I think yeah we haven't seen him for a while have we no i think they offhandedly mentioned him in the beginning of the new captain america saying that he was one of the uh hero slash villains that were actually given like a uh, pardon by the government for fighting hydra yeah yeah I'd like to see what Solid in the Mid would do with him, or I'd like to see what yeah. uh, Tanahasi Coates could possibly do with him. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. It would be, but yeah, that's Nora Freeze for CW. Sign me up. Yeah, sounding really cool. It is sounding really cool. Uh, next up, we have uh, this was some unexpected news. I didn't even know about this till I got home and read about it. But uh, Chelsea Kane's Vision series canceled three months before it was supposed to come out. Yeah, three. I think there's only like three issues that are. Are they even coming out? No, it's completely canceled now. They scrapped it completely. Oh wow! Oh wow! I thought like they're gonna release what they had and then that was it. Oh wow! Sounds extreme, doesn't? It? Of course, this was the long-awaited yeah. follow-up to the Tom King uh, twelve-issue miniseries that everyone loved so much. And uh, this this one, by all account, they were working on this one for a very long time. They were working on this one for like two years to try and figure mm -hmm. out where it was going and to really, you know, uh, chart a course for Vision. But yeah, they just, they cancelled it and they gave no reason for cancelling it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, like, I, I, it's probably rumour and just, like, hearsay, but apparently, like, what she had in mind for Viv and Vision didn't match up with what, like, Marvel wanted to do with the characters a little right. bit down the line. Yeah, Viv or, like, put them in a position that didn't match up. That that would make the most sense, is what it would be. Yeah. Viv and Vision yeah. are in a really interesting place right now, if you're reading the Champions mm -hmm. book, because uh, Jim Zub, who writes that, has said that uh, Vision is dying, that after the Hulk, like, mm -hmm. beat the shit out of him in, uh, what is it, Avengers No Surrender, he's like, well, I've been yeah. put back together too many times, I'm dying now. But I have no problem with dying because I've embraced my humanity now, and part of being human is you don't live forever; you eventually die. Yeah, and may maybe, maybe that maybe Chelsea wanted to do that in her series with it ending with Vision's death. Maybe right. I could see that. I could also see Marvel being like, no, 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 no. Jim Zub was <laughs> Jim Zub is faking them out. He's not actually going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vision. He's one of the movie Avengers now. Yeah, yeah, I see that as well. There's so many different, like, options that could happen and stuff. Which is hilarious, because Vision is one of those characters who, in the back of my mind, I'm like, no one gives a shit about Vision, until they do, <laughs> when Tom King yeah. comes around and writes a great story. And even then, you could argue he wasn't really writing Vision as he was shown, he was writing, like, a newer his interpretation of Vision, who's just like, hey, AI theory, and cool, what if robots have souls? Yeah, yeah. That sort of thing is all it really was. It's it's a shame this one will never see the light of day. It got even weirder, too, because all the other comic book websites were reporting that she was told very firmly by Marvel, don't make a big deal about the cancellation. Yeah, yeah. To which that's, I, that's strange. <laughs> to which, again, I'd be like, if you cancel my book, fuck you, I'm going to make a bigger deal about it as I want. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell people. Especially, hey, did I get paid for it yet? Then I'm especially going to make a big deal out of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's that one's super weird. I guess we'll have to keep posted to the universe to see what they had planned for Vision instead. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll find out sooner or later. I guess the only big event they have going on right now is Infinity War, and Vision isn't even in that as far as I can see. I haven't seen him yet, no. no. Weird. Very, very weird. Maybe they want to give him the Soul Stone back or something to make it more like the movie. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe they want to... Yeah, maybe instead of Adam Warlock getting it, it'll go to Vision. Yeah, I could see that. Let's make everything like the movie and let's make things like how they were and like, oh, look, now you have a gem, ain't that something? And now you don't have to die because you have a soul gem. Yeah, I could see that. That would be something very interesting. Uh, Another piece of news, uh, Marvel actually announced a ton of new series coming out. It's not even New York yet. Most of these are minis, but uh, one that just got announced today and dovetails quite nicely with uh, the Black Panther commentary that Matt and I did. Please go listen if you haven't already. Uh, No, seriously, go listen to it. The numbers were soft. Go listen to it or we might not do any more commentary. (laughs) I'm threatening you to go listen to the Black Panther commentary, damn it. (laughs) But yeah, uh, if you listen to that commentary, you would know Matt and I said, man, it's strange that uh, Marvel never thought to uh, strike while the iron was hot with Killmonger and do something with him. Apparently he is in the Black Panther comic currently that uh, you and I just aren't reading. But uh, yeah, Killmonger is going to be getting his own miniseries now written by Brian Edward Hill. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it seeks to kind of be like a, it seems to be like a story told on two levels, like it's going to be a retelling slash retconning of his origin to again get it a little bit more in line with the movie to where he's just coming out of MIT after, you know, being uh, kicked out of Wakanda and everything and it's, you know, is what's he going to do in his life? He's at a crossroads, is he going to be a supervillain, is he going to try and return to his homeland, etc, etc yeah that, that that sounds pretty interesting it does and apparently this is also going to be something of a period piece too because brian edward hill says he's not contradicting what happened in the gauntlet the classic black panther story apparently he's building up to that okay and that we might actually get to see it through his eyes which is very interesting because that's a good story and still holds up that's cool so kind of like a prequel to that sort of thing or like a a, the road to the gauntlet or something yeah a little bit like a road to that and i think we're gonna jump forward in his life too because i know someone on twitter told me he's actually in space with the wakandans now oh cool yeah that apparently he has a high-ranking position there and i'm like what's killmonger doing in space (laughs) killmongering probably and why yes he does just look like michael b jordan now yeah, I figured he would. Which, that's fine, because Killmonger didn't really have an interesting look. In fact, I very often mixed Killmonger up with a bunch of other, like, African-themed supervillains, like, you know, Bushmaster and Bush uh, everything else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's fine. That's fine. And again, you know, I, I, I will fully admit that I've kind of been shitting on Brian Edward Hill's work recently, be it uh, mm. the Miles Morales retconning story that I hated with a passion yeah i remember that (laughs) or the outsiders uh arc in detective comics that i hated with a passion but you know what that's fine i'm gonna give him another chance i think this looks great yeah that it does sound very very cool also juan ferrara is doing the art on it he was the guy who did uh percy's green arrow when it started oh that's gonna be a pickup for me so it's gonna look awesome too they they ain't throwing slouches at this and i know people on twitter were wondering why it's like oh i hope they're not just doing this now to try and cash in on the DVD and trying to cash in on it being on Netflix. No, apparently, this is another one they've been working on for a very long time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. So go go Team Killmonger. Let's see what you can do with it. Yeah. 
Now, from that news to some more Marvel news here, is Daredevil ending? Is Matt Murdock dying? Well, apparently they're announcing a new story called Daredevil The End, question mark, and it shows him in like a lush Elysian field and Karen Page is standing there. Oh. I think the long and short is no. No, they're not. I think <laughs> Charles Soule even mentioned before, get ready, my next arc is going to be the biggest one yet. I think they want to take it back to issue one, but because Daredevil is one of the few comics that's still doing legacy numbering, they need to do something big to justify taking it back to a new number one. That's true, that's true. I re- I've been reading, like, since this, um, the start of this arc with um his, his quote-unquote brother. Yeah, Phil Noto. Yeah doing the art on that one yeah it's daredevil's been great under charles soul mm. it's another yeah. very very good addition to what has been an amazing legacy of a character the only problem is is that still very niche like not like people who love <laughs> daredevil love him a lot but he's rarely ever the number one seller even though he's always been a critical darling i would think it's because the art hasn't been there in the last couple years for him but now the art is there with phil noto drawing it and I'm hoping yeah. that maybe this will get more eyes on it, and maybe people will finally be like, hey, Joel, I went back and read this other Daredevil stuff. You're right, it's been <laughs> great. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Interesting to bring up the Karen Page angle again. I think that's one of the few things that uh, Soul hasn't touched on yet, and he's touched on just about everything from the character's history. Okay. And before people are like, oh, are they going to kill Daredevil off and replace him with his new sidekick, Blindspot? No, they sent Blindspot away. <laughs> <laughs> but he got to join a cool ass uh, order of like Christian warrior monks, so that's pretty sweet. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, again, like I think like he was one of those like you know Marvel, uh, not Marvel Fresh Start, but the one before that. You know, he was like, hey, I'm your cool Asian sidekick, and it really worked for Daredevil because you know he was trained by Stick, and now he was training this new kid and everything like that. But yeah, they they actually gave him an end to his story and sent him on his way. No, that's okay. I like that. I'm shocked he never joined the champions. Yeah, you would think that maybe they forgot about him. <laughs> maybe they forgot about him. Maybe Jim Zum's uh, like, motherfucker, I have eight characters I'm writing here already. <laughs> Stop using my book as the uh, island of misfit toys. <laughs> Stop throwing me new characters to write. Yeah, god damn it. I already invented one of my own. <laughs> I got to talk to him about that at the con, too, about Snowguard. Uh, the brand new Canadian yeah. hero he invented. I'm like, hey man, I actually spent some time on a Cree reserve, so the fact that you created a Canadian Cree superhero was pretty awesome. Oh, that's cool. I I didn't mention to him, although someone talked to me later when I left, where it's like, hey, in Justice League United, didn't they create a character called Equinox, who was also Canadian and also had animal powers and had basically the same color <laughs> scheme, and isn't Jeff Lemire Canadian too? And I'm like, oh yeah, don't mention that to him. <laughs> But yeah, everyone, everyone, no, no one remembers Equinox. <laughs> Probably because her name was hard to say. Probably. Yeah. But uh, from the world of Daredevil, we go to another hero in a tight-fitting leather bodysuit with billy clubs. Uh, he's not dying literally, but, you know, he's maybe dying figuratively to me for a little bit. Uh, Scott Lobdell is going to be helming a new, darker, grittier Nightwing series. It's all what you've always wanted, Joel. It's like it's like you know how when you write in your dream journal, it's like they had it, but they put it in a mirror, so it's the opposite of it. This this is really sad for a couple of reasons. One, I don't want a darker, grittier Nightwing series. You just got Nightwing back to how he's supposed to be. Why are you upsetting the apple cart? Two, 
really? Benjamin Percy's run is done that quickly? He even said, like, yeah, I had more stories to tell, but they kicked me off for this. Oh, jeez. Especially because the first arc Benjamin Percy's been writing, as much as I love the guy's work, hasn't been great. <laughs> it's a lot of undeserved potential, but the idea here seeks to be that uh, in, like, Batman number 55, which I think comes out fairly soon... Uh, Bane will once again reveal himself to be the true villain of the Tom King story arc. He, uh, he broke up Batman's wedding, let us not re- forget. Oh, yeah. I actually completely forgot about that. Of course I completely you... fucking forgot about of that. Of course you forgot it, because it's fucking stupid. <laughs> it came out of fucking nowhere. It's the dumbest thing. He just has a throne made of skulls in the bottom of Arkham, and what? Yeah, he's, he's controlling all the villains, including Flashpoint Batman. And Skeets. <laughs> the fuck oh fuck that book yeah but apparently uh what is it he's going to hire kg beast who will be the villain in the next tom king batman arc to kill batman nightwing will get in the way get shot in the head not die but will develop amnesia and because of that forget to be a hero while guys like scarecrow and other <laughs> villains try me. to manipulate him into becoming a villain Oh my god, that is like the most New 52 thing I've ever fucking heard. Boy, does it ever. And also, it's like, Scott Liddell, why must you make Nightwing darker and grittier? Didn't you already make Red Hood darker and grittier that he doesn't have a team and he has a crowbar and a samurai sword and his book is just called Red Hood Outlaw now? He's, he's making his way through the DC Universe. First it was Superman over at New 52, Now then the Red Hood. Mm-hmm. Now, now, now he's on nightwing who's next is green arrow next oh oh you forgot to he also ruined teen titans for many years oh fuck yeah that's right (laughs) again it's like god damn it guys didn't didn't you have to spend so much time fixing the stink that he left on all these characters didn't shit get (laughs) really good once you fixed what he broke yeah it was it was kind of weird like once he left everything started becoming good i don't know what it was but it just after he left you know and again everyone keeps telling me oh no his red hood and the outlaws book from dc rebirth is actually really good is it good or was it just good compared to what he was writing previously <laughs> that yeah exactly also what? and also like what in the red hood like do you have to compare it to exactly he's written the character longer than anyone else now he has a weird stranglehold on it and won't let anyone else write anything yeah well you know what it is it's because he's in good with the dio and bob harris he's in their little boy yeah, oh, there and no one else wants to write fucking red hood and no one else <laughs> apparently wants to write red hood james tynan got to write him for a minute but apparently no red hood fans demanded more labdell <laughs> they needed it he's the true architect on this series the perfect <laughs> culmination of creator and series <laughs> all i can think about this is like okay so i get to drop nightwing now is what you're telling me <laughs> yeah basically now on the upside apparently batgirl has been great from what i understand there's two issues under the new writer uh marguerite Margura. it's very unpronounceable her name strode but yeah apparently uh what is it, uh, Batgirl is going back to more like the Gail Simone era, they even reuse some of her villains from that run. That's cool. And I'm like, I like, I like all of that. I know some people have mentioned too, where it's like, well, doesn't that mean Batgirl's getting grittier too, Joel? Why aren't you complaining about Batgirl getting grittier? I'm like, well, because Batgirl was too far in the other direction, she was too bright and too sunny, a little darkness is okay. <laughs> Which, again, I suppose I understand, too, what they're saying, where it's like, oh, so now none of the Batman books are suitable for children, is what you're saying. No, none of them. No, no. No, they're also not new reader-friendly now, isn't isn't that fun? Oh, no. 
Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. You know even, even like to like readers like us, they're not reader friendly either, especially no. Batman. <laughs> you know what this feels like too? It's like, ooh, Jeff Johns is out of the way now. He doesn't have any power. Dan DiDio steps in time to ruin Dick Grayson's life again. <laughs> Did I mention Yeah, oh, Dad, and fucked him, Drake. Did I mention I hate him? <laughs> oh man, I haven't finished reading the new Deathstroke this week, but I did. Uh, I did scan through it a little bit. Uh, apparently, they seek to imply, if I scanned this correctly, that Tim Drake might actually have been involved in the whole uh, Deathstroke, Damien's real father thing. Oh fuck's sake! <laughs> yeah, goddamn it, Christopher Priest, not you too. You can't. You can't kick the character when he doesn't have a book and isn't around. I gave up on that art because it was just getting so tedious. It really, it really fucking was. It's the last issue, and I'm like, I don't care. I don't actually care anymore. The next arc is Deathstroke and Arkham, which is the arc that was supposed to come out anyway, so I hope that's better. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. Like, the, this whole Batman versus Deathstroke arc should have just been two issues. It should have been. Or it should have been a miniseries unto itself. Yeah. Which I think it was supposed to be, actually. Oh, okay. Why they moved it up is beyond me. But again, back to the ruining of Nightwing. Apparently the only reason they're doing this too, I cannot confirm, but the hottest goss about it is, is that they're doing it to help coincide with the Teen Titans show. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> to make him darker, grittier, and fuck Batman. Yeah, yeah, and fuck Batman. By which I mean he says fuck Batman, not by which I mean he actually fucks Batman. Hey, hey, you never know. You know, this show might be like, oh yeah, you haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> haven't seen anything like this. Also, it is Scott Lobdell writing this, and he does have amnesia, so I mean, they could just go anywhere with it. Yeah. Do you see that, that the DC app actually launched? Uh, in the States for Americans, but not for us. Yeah, but apparently it's not really worth it. <laughs> ah, well, again, you know, I've I, again I've been hearing mixed things about it from people, some of whom actually go to use it early, but not Canada Boy over here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can't use it either. There you go. Apparently, DiDio was at a fan expo, like, last month or, like, early this month. I forget when it actually was, but apparently people were yelling at him, when are we going to get our DC Universe at? He's like, it's coming, it's coming, we're going to have betas in Canada soon, I promise, I promise. And I'm like, do do you mean that, or do you just want to actually make it back to your car? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, these Canadians, they didn't tar and feather me, they syruped and poutined me. (laughs) It was both sticky and hot at the same time. <laughs> but it was delicious. But it was so delicious. <laughs> Even when Canadians are trying to be mean, they end up being nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's Nightwing. Boo. Yeah, boo earns. That's fine. I'll pick up more Marvel books. Marvel's been killing it recently. <laughs> They have been. They really have been. In fact, uh, the numbers came in today, actually, but apparently they, Marvel books in general in the Marvel Fresh Start era saw like a 22% increase. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they saw a very sizable increase. I'm like, good, good on them. They haven't dropped the ball yet. That's cool. Hey, if you do want to pick up another DC book, just read Hawkman. Hawkman's awesome. Yeah, uh, you've been shelling out for hawkman saying it's good that's good i might give that one a look i know hawkman's been getting a lot of ad space in the dc comics too like they really want people to start reading hawkman oh yeah it's pretty awesome next next issue he's teaming up with ray palmer in the microverse cool that sounds fun uh speaking of things that are going to be fun saladin amid fully announced this week he will be helming the brand new miles morales spider-man book coming out in december just in time for the edge of spider-verse movie Oh, yeah, Oz Morales has got to get some love and actual character development and not just stagnate. <laughs> it's about damn time, and Amid has shown, give him anything and he will knock it out of the park. 
oh yeah he'll have fun with it and make it really compelling reads in fact like the dude seems to be like the fixer at marvel right now it's like ah, oh, geez you know solomon yeah. these inhumans no one's really like them can you make the greatest inhuman story of the last decade i sure can yeah and then it's like him and donny cates yeah they're both like they're like divvying up like all of the marvel universe it's like okay you take these guys i'll take these guys we'll what, do like really good stories with them what needs fixing where again to it's like hey Saldana, can you make the exiles relevant again i sure can yeah, and I'll make them really fun, where each book is a new adventure. <laughs> yep. Hey, Solid in Amid, can you fix the fractal spreadsheet nightmare that is Miles Morales right now that we have painted ourselves into a corner to because of all the ego that's been going on and the Spider-Man <laughs> line of books? Yep. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> also, can you do it in time for the new movie because we really want them to be good again? Yep. <laughs> I didn't get to read Champions this week, but apparently it was a Miles Morales-centric story. Apparently, like, a school shooting takes place at his school. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, pretty hardcore. I got to talk to Zub while that's going on, and he was really proud of this story. I'm like, ah, don't tell me yet. It's on my pad. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> I know you're the creator and you work hard on this, but don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, he said he actually has a lot planned for Champions moving into the future for all the characters. He says he's going to do something a couple arcs from now that everyone who loves him might hate him later. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, you already took away Sam uh, Nova's powers, which, oh, I got to talk to him about that. I'm like, how did you decide to take away Nova's powers? And he's like, well, mainly it was from fans telling me, why don't you do more with Nova? Why don't you do more with Cosmic? Why doesn't Sam have a book? And he's like, okay, you want me to do something with Nova? Boom, I took his powers away. <laughs> what now? Yeah, what now? It's like, hey, watch what you say around me, basically. <laughs> if you keep asking me to write a hero, I might just take their powers away. I'm like, aren't you, aren't you interested now? Don't you want to keep picking up champions to see if I ever give him his powers back? <laughs> but yeah, I, I can't wait for Solid in a mid on Miles. I loved Miles so much in the Ultimate Universe. It was one of the first books I think all of us really started reading and really thinking about critically and, you know, being like, man, this feels so good and it feels so right and I really do think Amid is one of those writers that he can hammer out a place for Miles in the Marvel Universe that makes sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I'm very intrigued to see what he's going to do, whether he's going to go like the Black Bolt route with it and make it really dramatic and yeah. in a way kind of depressing a little bit. Uh, um, or, or like the Exiles way where it's like wacky adventures and cosmic hijinks and stuff like that. And, you could do a little yeah. both. I think, I think the thing he needs to do most of all and i'm sure it's something he will do right away what matters in miles life now does he remember the ultimate universe does he not remember the ultimate universe yeah that's like a, a, another really cool thing you could do like like play with that like he remembers that universe and he kind of misses it yeah. and and but he can't obviously go back there and it's kind of got to and it's kind of weighing on him that he can't or anything he's a little homesick he's a little love yeah that I'd be fine with. I think that's a great direction for him. Again, because it's like if he started talking about the Ultimate Universe with all these other people, they'd think he was crazy. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, maybe he talks to someone like Mr. Fantastic, and Mr. Fantastic is like, oh, yeah, I remember the Secret Wars, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that'd be really cool. Also, too, hey, you know who's a good villain for Miles to fight? The Master, the evil Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe who made it. Yeah, what's his deal? Like, what's he been up to recently? Nothing, sweet fuck off. Yeah. Yet another character I, from the Ultimate Universe they just buried. Yeah, I think he was in, like, the Ultimates book, the, the Ultimates 2 book or whatever it was called. 
Um, and then, yeah, I think he disappeared or something. I'm surprised he's not come back. I imagine he's going to be like a, a Fantastic Four villain. He really sh- he needs to be a Fantastic Four villain. He needs to show up in this Miles book. And also, hard to think the only other Ultimate character who made it was Jimmy Hudson, the second Ultimate Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does Jimmy Hudson remember the Ultimate Universe? Does he even care? I don't think I. I have no idea what's going on with him. I know. I know the the. I think the blue and gold X Men books are ending. They are. So they are. They're ending yeah. after extermination to make way for Uncanny and uh, Vanilla X Men. Yeah, and he won't be on that because normal Wolverine's back, There's and no so yeah. Back. Which again, which is why he needs to show up in this Miles book, and they need to commiserate <laughs> and talk about remembering the Ultimate Universe. Because <laughs> I think that would be really fun. Uh, speaking of books that should be really fun, uh, Kyle Higgins blew everyone away with his power rangers book made himself a superstar overnight as i knew he could be i've been pulling for this man his entire career in fact i was his last interview before leaving dc the first time it's been announced he's heading over to marvel and he's writing a winter soldier miniseries oh that's so awesome that's gonna be really good yet another character who kind of fell by the wayside bucky he was really important in secret empire and then he just kind of fell off the face of the earth (laughs) yeah yeah and again too i'm sure this is one of those series where it's like no it's starting as a mini series and when people like it it'll go to series yeah yeah i think that's probably what's gonna happen the pitch sounds pretty cool too it's bucky barnes traveling america trying to find people like him to help yeah it sounded really cool yeah i am really intrigued by this as well like uh like will it pick up like threads that are left over from like obviously the his time with frank castle oh, and sure uh the stuff from the tales of suspense with um where he kind of knows that black widow was alive but hasn't yeah. told hawkeye and yeah there's lots of places they could go for this i'm sure kyle higgins will go there man i gotta finish reading shattered grid it's something i know i'm going to love and i've left for way too long i i'm considering since i'm going on con i'm going to keep an eye out for it but i'm going to like maybe buy like all his all his power rangers books like in in like their trades it's done now so you can and again it's a thick yeah. stack like he wrote that story for like a year yeah 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 he's real good at that too he did that with his batman beyond digital series too it's like no give me a year man i will write a year's worth of story yeah he's another fun guy to talk to kyle higgins i didn't get to talk to him at the con in philadelphia he was there but he kept getting pulled away because he was announcing this Uh. (laughs) and obviously i didn't get to hear it announced i read it back at the hotel i'm like oh kyle higgins that's what he was doing today (laughs) <laughs> oh that was cool I, I saw him today the other book they announced at philadelphia uh steve orlando will be doing a 12 issue martian manhunter series as well yeah martian manhunter back as a detective on earth series that's so cool with apparently flashbacks too to his time as a space cop on mars yeah they they seem to like like doing it spinning out of justice league where like there might be something a bit more to to martian manhunter than just being a martian from mars yeah they seek to imply in the little solicitation i read that maybe he was a dirty space cop yeah yeah so that's gonna be really cool i'm like that's interesting that also kind of puts into perspective what bendis was writing with martian manhunter where it's like hey clark did you ever think about maybe taking over the world yeah maybe maybe it kind of like spins into that and again like in in justice league they the the, when they were fighting the things in the totality they kept going after him because he was he seemed important for something like 
he did something or maybe it was like sprinkling the crack on the on the white martians and... yeah that's the thing where it's like they're just dirty white martians it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah i'll plant the gun yeah <laughs> i know they were bad <laughs> i'm the law just made basically make him the dude from training day king kong ain't got shit on john jones <laughs> you know what? i'm actually fine with giving martian manhunter a darker edge because in the broadest strokes of his story oh i'm the last of my race i'm so sad for the death of my planet and i can never truly fit in he's just kind of a less interesting superman in the broadest strokes well yeah that's the thing you can't like like make him like an actual hero who's because he, then he'd just be like oh i'm, I'm green superman I'm just he green. has all the same kind of powers as him but yeah you got to give him like a little something that changes that origin from him being the last uh member of the race to like something a bit darker than that which they tried before remembering dc where it's like oh i'm a Martian yeah. super weapon that was sent into you know invade earth they live style but oh i've turned against my martian masters and now i'm fighting them and everything so they've tried to give him a harder edge but they're trying again now yeah with something that actually sounds like it probably will stick yeah i like when they retconned him again when scott snyder retconned him it's like hey john weren't you like a martian super no that was bullshit i was just lying to myself for a whole series <laughs> yeah yeah it's just been on thanagar while all this shit's been going down yeah, been that, in the library <laughs> yeah that that was a dream i was just smoking martian crack don't even don't even listen to that. <laughs> i was so crazy <laughs> yeah good, good on steve orlando too i i really like him and i really enjoy his work yeah, his his last couple of books at DC have been really great. Mm -hmm. This one also has a good art team. I can't remember who this is, but it's a style you wouldn't expect for a story that's trying to have a harder, darker edge. It's like very light and sunny. Yes, the guy who did the, uh, I think he did like the Batman Shadow series. Yes, I want to say so. Yeah, yes, it's very kind of cartoonish. Yeah, which which makes me want to read it even more. I like I like books that contrast serious subject matter with more cartoony visuals yeah uh another new series they got coming out another new mini series and this one came right out of freaking nowhere new freedom fighters from robert vendetti oh yeah awesome freedom fighters as in uncle sam and the freedom fighters although i don't think uncle sam is going to be a member of this team they seek to imply uncle sam is dead at this point yeah and like it's people picking up stuff in his memory i did yeah. see like i did see a really cool design for the plastic ss man yeah so here's the thing so the deal with the freedom fighters is they were a group from world war ii obviously who fought nazis in kind of like an alternate reality war that never ended and here we're mm -hmm. picking up with the freedom fighters in the year 2018 where the world is ruled by nazis yeah, yeah, it sounds really cool. It kind of like makes me think it's like a continuation of that um, Multiversity book, Mastermen. Yeah, yeah, which that was really solid. And I'm like, man, I'd happily yeah. read another book in this universe. That seeks to be what they're doing with it, man. I actually loved, uh, I loved Uncle Sam in that series where he's all old and disheveled and fucked up because oh, oh, patriotism's at an all time low. It's dying, but I just, I just <laughs> yeah. need a little patriotism and I can Hulk up again. <laughs> yeah, Hulk up and fight Nazi Superman. <laughs> I love the idea of Uncle sam that like lack of patriotism actually hurts him and makes him sick like if, like if <laughs> yeah. you burned a flag in front of him he'd be like oh <laughs> yeah that's his kryptonite <laughs> but if you like ate a hot dog and like hummed a couple bars of the star spangled banner he'd be like oh i'm strong again 
<laughs> and like Uncle Sam, he can like grow ten feet tall if there's enough patriotism. Like if you just have enough of it, he gets stronger and stronger. Like he could be <laughs> unto a god if there was only enough patriotism. Yeah, that's why he has like NASCAR playing on the TV all the time. Yeah. That gives him the strength. <laughs> quick, quick, turn up that Toby Keith album as loud as it will go. <laughs> <laughs> then Uncle Sam can punch uh, monitors. I just like that. Yeah. <laughs> God, there's there's an amazing bit I love too. It was in a Suicide Squad story of all things. Uh, what is it? They were trying to recruit El Diablo for a new task force, Task Force Y, where the idea is they'd be fighting gang crime in L.A. with a bunch of reformed gang members turned like you know uh, soldiers for the government. Yeah, and Diablo's like, I don't want to do this. This is stupid. I'm not going to listen to any suit. Oh, well, we knew you wouldn't listen to a suit. That's why we got Uncle Sam to come and talk to you, Chacho. <laughs> Chacho, I gotta tell you, Lady Liberty's over a pork barrel, Chacho. Will you do it for America and the hot dogs and the apple pies? Will you do that, son? And Chacho's like, oh, I guess I can't say no. <laughs> the literal body of America came and told me to do this thing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so yeah, g good on that. This is a surprise project for Robert Vendetti because wasn't he like doing Green Lantern and a bunch of other stuff? He's doing. He just finished up Green Lantern. He's doing Hawkman at the moment. This is very um, interesting. Where it's like, okay, Robert, what do yeah. you want to write now? I want to write Freedom Fighters. Okay, you haven't done wrong by it so far. He he's earned it, man. He's he's got like he's got these. He's like ten years. He's I uh, did did Green Green Lantern for an X number of years. All these issues and everything, and they're like, okay, what do you want? I'll have Hawkman and the Freedom Fighters. I think because <laughs> no one wants them. It's true. It's like who's gonna fight me on these? No one. I think this is really good to do a modern-day Freedom Fighter story, too, because this is a way for DC to get political in a book, but to do it kind of like in a tongue-in-cheek sort of way. Yeah, yeah, do it in kind of a way that, yeah, it's not, like, slapping you in the face with it. And, and also, yeah. too, where it's like, you know, why, why are the Freedom Fighters fighting Nazis? Because they always fought Nazis. That's literally yeah. their thing. They're literally That's their, their, their Earth. Their Earth. The Nazis are, like, a thing. That's, that's their thing, where it's like, even, even the most biggest piss baby online couldn't complain about it, although I'm sure they will. Oh, but they will. They that's, will. That's why they're piss babies. They complain about everything, but... Uh, Hey, from that story to another feel-good story, The Thing and Alicia Masters are finally going to be tying the knot in Fantastic Four issue number five. That's really soon, and also, yay, finally a wedding that's actually going to like have a payoff. Yeah, and one that they've actually been building up to and is actually kind of worth it and everything. Uh, again, we're going to spend the latter half of the show where we would normally talk about what we read this week talking about uh, Iron Fist Season 2 because I finally finished it. But man, how good was Fantastic Four issue number two this week? <laughs> It, it, they weren't lying at the end of the last issue. I said, "Yeah, no, Fantastic Four are going to be back next issue." And they, boy, were they! They, it was cool. They said the Fantastic Four. They didn't specify like which members of Fantastic yep. Four. They're like, "Oh, we'll just bring every member, everyone who's ever been a member ever, even some obscure ones." Where it's like, were they a member? Oh yeah, for a little bit they were. Yeah, yeah. I I really like the new villain they created there, Griever, the soul of entropy, the queen of the heat death of the universe. <laughs> Yes, the one who was be there to grieve for your deaths when the universe implodes. When it's all but oblivion. I'm like, ooh, that's really smart. Because the Richards family has been going around creating new universes and sowing it with so much life. Their actions are now having reactions in the form of this lady. 
Yeah, yeah, they basically created her. Yeah, it, they brought it on themselves, and I like to... Some people were mad, where it's like, oh, why did they kill Molecule Man? Because Molecule Man was too powerful, that's why. Yeah. he Owen Reese literally could not stick around any longer after Seagrawers. <laughs> at, least, at least he got to go out like a hero, and again, to borrow a wrestling term, he needed, he needed to go down in a squash match against Griever so they could really <laughs> help her get over with the audience. So, you know, when they have the big Battle Royale match in the next issue, it's believable that she could win. <laughs> yeah, and also in doing that as well, they also kind of take away the card that is Franklin Richards and his nigh godlike house now they can't just be like oh we'll just create another universe exactly. it'll be all good they needed to do that those were avenues yeah. they needed to close up and they're sure to say oh no no franklin you're still powerful in fact you're probably one of the most powerful beings in the entire universe you just can't create life anymore on the scale like you did yeah yeah you're whole powerful but you're not you know nigh god you know jack kirby up there in space god yeah level yeah <laughs> Which, uh, oh, I, I like to, the kids finally got their names uh, this issue. He's Powerhouse Franklin Richards, and uh, Valeria Richards is Brainstorm. Yeah, that was cool. Which which are fittingly Kirby-esque names. I feel like if he was writing them back then, yeah. those were the names he would give them. Yeah, yeah, totally would. They feel right at home with Mr. Fantastic and the Human Torch. I know some people are like, oh, those names are silly. And I'm like, yeah, all of Fantastic Four is a little silly. Yeah. I mean, come on, Galactus, the Silver Surfer. Yeah, Doctor Doom. Yeah, Doctor Doom. I think, you know, Brainstorm and Powerhouse, they fit very good in there. <laughs> but yeah, that, that issue kicks ass. And if you were worried about, like, you know, how Dan Slott wrote Johnny Storm as kind of a petulant child, don't worry because he absolutely nails the married dialogue between Sue and Reed. Oh, yeah, totally. Like that, I'm like, that's pitch perfect. I see why he wanted to do the book just so he could write that stuff. Yeah. That was really, really solid. Uh, what else do we got here? Oh, one last news story here. Again, we were talking about brand new X titles and everything. Well, Ed Bresson, who's currently writing Extermination and has been writing like basically all the X-Men books now, uh, he's going to be penning a brand new X-Force series with old and new members alike. And I bet it spins out of extermination. Boy, does it ever. In fact, they're being led by Young Cable. <laughs> exactly. Which, I wonder how I do that. <laughs> yeah, which begs the fucking question, okay, I guess that spoils the end of extermination for us. I guess they work it out with Young Cable. Oh, maybe, maybe this is another Young Cable that, like, they got that is good and didn't want to come back and kill people. It's funny, I was trying to think to myself, like, has Young Cable really done anything so evil yet? He only kidnapped the X-Men. Hey, he cut uh, Angel's wings off, but again, he's trying to fix history, and he didn't have them before, so he's trying to send them home. Yeah, he killed his older self, but he did that in self-defense, and Cable would have killed him, only he didn't know he was the younger him, so it's a good thing old Cable didn't kill young Cable, because if he <laughs> yeah. did, he would have wiped himself from history. And is it really murder, or is it more like future suicide? Yeah, that's the thing, like, he... Yeah, he hasn't really done anything evil as of yet. No. Like, he clearly has reasons for what he's doing. The only person who's been murdered so far was Bloodstorm, and Ahab did that. Yeah, and, and Ahab's not even related to what's going on with Cable. No, apparently that's just a completely different thing. He just picked an interesting time to show up and be a bad guy again. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that's interesting. Warpath is on the team, which makes me sad because Warpath is on the Astonishing X-Men book right now. I'm like, oh, he's going to leave. I'm really liking Crowdstar <laughs> on that one. 
I, I was gonna say like like oh Warpath, the character no one really cares for. He's he's the Slipknot of the X Men, which is why he's actually perfect for astonishing X Men because it's <laughs> built on kind of joke characters that no one cares about but Dazzler. Yeah. Probably helps as well that he's in, isn't he in Gifted as well yes, TV is. show. Yeah, so he's and getting he, a bit of exposure. And he's a really cool character on that show, so I see why he's set for a promotion. And also, he was like on a bunch of the original X Force teams, so they're trying to have a little old and a little new. Uh, Deathlock is going to be on the team. That's fun. That's cool. Deathlock hasn't done anything forever. I always like it when Deathlock shows up. Shatterstar is on the team, and it's the new Tim Seeley costume, Shatterstar. Cool. Boom Boom is going to be on. I'm like, holy shit, someone remembered Boom <laughs> Fuck Boom. Fuck it up. <laughs> I like Boom Boom because her name is Boom Boom and she makes little bombs. <laughs> I really liked her on X-Men Evolution. She got like a bunch of stories written about her, like way more than you would think for a lower tier yeah. X-Men. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, here's an X-Force book I might actually pick up. I feel bad because when Ed Bresson, who was also Canadian, started writing comics like that... Uh, like that uh, bullseye one shot. I'm like, man, this is bullshit. I don't want to keep reading this. Oh, he actually got really good. Maybe he was always good, and <laughs> I just read a bad book from him. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's all the news for this week, everyone. A ton of stuff happened. If you couldn't tell, now lots of stuff. Yeah, we talked for over an hour, and that was just the news. Yeah, there'll probably be more this coming week because of uh, you know Comic Cons and mm -hmm. Captain Marvel trailers yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. I know for a fact many of the writers I talk to because I always ask the same question: Hey, what are you working on? And they always tell me what they're working on. Their independent books that are coming out. Then they all ended with oh and other stuff, but I can't tell you till after New York. <laughs> Actually, a beautiful piece of information I got when talking to David F. Walker, I asked him basically, hey, what's the holdup with this Milestone universe that DC keeps saying they're going to do every couple years? Yeah. He was very vague, but he gave me probably the best piece of information out of anyone. He said, hey, uh, the reason it's being held up, it's not a money issue. It's not a rights <laughs> issue. It's an ego issue. Ooh, okay. Again, he named no names, although I can probably guess who it is. <laughs> although the person in general, David Walker, actually spoke very highly of, which is interesting because I haven't heard anyone speak highly of this person, so it's <laughs> fun to actually hear someone who knew him and be like, hey, you know, if you knew him like how I knew him, yeah, that would have been different. I was also sure to mention Aaron Magruder and Boondocks, and apparently Aaron Magruder is not very liked amongst that group. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which kind of makes sense. I'm like, oh, yeah, because what was the last thing Aaron Magruder did? Black Jesus, and that was it. Yeah. And even then, Black Jesus felt more like a Pat Roach show. Literally, they were doing the Trailer Park Boys formula because that's what Roach did before. Yeah. I think people don't know that, that Black Jesus is half Boondocks guy and half Trailer Park Boys guy. <laughs> Which is a weird combo. It is. It is. But yeah, with that out of the way, we can finally hop into talking about Iron Fist Season 2. If you haven't seen the show, be sure to save this and come back to it, because, uh, again, we're going to be spoiling all over the place. Well, are we ever? Yeah, now, I, I asked Matt before we started, you finished it before me, and you've had more time to think about it. Has your opinion at all changed in that time? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I... I, and I'm going to preface that by saying it's still better than season one. Yes, it is. There's no doubt about that. I'm going to say some very harsh things about it. It is better <laughs> than season one. Season one was shit. It is greatly yeah. improved, 
but I would say it has not improved enough. It has improved to the point where it went from being bad to just being kind of boring. It It's improved in ways that it shouldn't have. Yes, and it's regressed. Like it didn't improve the things that needed to. Yes, very true. That's an excellent way to put it, Matt. That's a very excellent way to put it. I guess let's start at the beginning. This is post-Defenders. Danny Rand is trying to make good on his promise to Matt Murdock to, you know, defend the city in his stead because Daredevil obviously went missing at the end of Defenders. Only mm-hmm. he does it in the weirdest way. He's like, okay, Matt, I will defend the city, by which I mean I will only defend these two blocks in Chinatown. Yeah, I'll only defend Chinatown where lots of crime seems to happen. In yeah. the it's, it's, it's the hub of all crime in New York. In New York. <laughs> We're going to protect Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen can go fuck itself. <laughs> Which, again, I feel like if Matt could talk to Danny, be like, Danny, when I said defend the city in my stead, I meant all of it. I meant, you know, maybe check in on my city in Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> Yeah, maybe this is the reason why the Kingpin's back. <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> it's like, well, Danny Rand's only over in Chinatown. We can just take back Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you watched Luke Cage, even though you showed up there. There's a lot of crime happening in Brooklyn and Harlem, and there was a big gang war that just finished up over there between Jamaicans and the Stokes family. And, and something big happened with, with Luke Cage that's like glossed over <laughs> yeah hey remember how your friend kind of uh, called himself the new kingpin of crime in harlem and even misty at the end of the show said oh i don't like what luke has become yeah again i i think when we talked about luke cage we're like oh i hope there's an episode in iron fist where they like talk with luke and like mm-hmm. discuss what's going on that never that fucking happened no we get lots of misty we get a lot of misty and i always appreciate misty showing up even though I really feel that she's here so they can try and backdoor a daughter of the dragon show. Oh, that's totally what was happening. Especially, like, once she started getting involved, it just became, like, um, Misty and Colleen, uh, Colleen you know, Ella. Which, which is fine. They have the best episode where they're running down leads, and I'm not gonna lie, they have the best fight scene in the show, too, when they fight three tattoo yeah. artists who are trying to stab them with tattoo needles. Yeah, that was a really good fight. That was really, really great. And it's like, hey, fans, would you watch a 10 episode of this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I would. None of this has anything to do with Iron Fist. Yeah, which is, that's like the the theme of the show. None of this has anything to do with Iron Fist. And really, none of it does because it's mainly like that story. And then like, what the hell is happening with Ward? Oh, he's a recovering drunk who... who's fucked who's got daddy issues and everything him and joy have a ton of daddy issues that inform their decisions in this show and all i kept yelling at the screen is i don't care about your fucking daddy he was a (laughs) shitty character anyway stop reminding me of season one (laughs) Also, also too i will say this and you'll have to agree i have never seen a hero in any of these netflix shows be as passive as danny is they keep inventing new (laughs) reasons why danny can't go out and solve problems like again yeah oh no i had my power stolen don't worry colleen and misty will figure this one out oh no yeah like he like he forgot all his martial arts once his power got taken there are so many times like again colleen and misty solve every problem in this show danny just shows up to fight occasionally Yeah, every now and then. Yeah. Oh no, my leg is broken. I can't go out and fight now. You guys will have to handle all of this for me. <laughs> oh, what a shame. Yeah. Oh no, I lost my powers to Davos. 
but I don't really care until the last episode, and even then I don't care because I try and get out of having the powers. Even the, that whole Davis thing really frustrated the shit out of me because yeah. like his whole deal is like, uh, I feel you know betrayed because like the kid I grew up with got the power I didn't when I believed in it a bit more. Okay, I've got the power back now. I had to steal it back from him. I'm gonna go back to Conlon and protect what was what's left of it or rebuild it. Yeah. Now I'm just gonna stay here and teach random like strangers kung fu, even though I hated that about Danny yeah. uh, about Danny and I'm gonna be a big hypocrite <laughs> coming off the back of Bushmaster who was such an amazing villain with such a great motivation and such a great like hemisphere of supporting characters Davos is are, might be the worst villain they've done and it's through no fault of his own the actor is fine his action scenes are fine what's wrong with him is his motivation keeps changing every episode yeah, every episode it's something different. Like I'm gonna protect, I'm gonna go back and protect Kun Lun or rebuild Kun Lun. Oh no, I'm gonna take the Iron Fist. Now I'm, I'm gonna rule. I'm gonna become the Iron Fist of New York. It's it's so stupid because again, it's like you said. Oh, you know, Danny was a stranger and an outsider. He doesn't deserve the power. He can't defeat the hand. He defeated the hand twice. Davos, were you not paying attention? <laughs> the Iron Fist has no job anymore. Oh well, I'm mad about him because he left Kun Lun and everything. Yeah, you left Kun Lun too, dude. You, <laughs> yeah, you you could have just stayed there and protected it. Yeah, you're you're here. You're I know you're a bad guy and you're supposed to be a hypocrite. Then he's like, oh, I hate this city. It sucks compared to Kun Lun. You know everything's bad and corrupted. Oh, I'll fight crime and be a better superhero than Danny is for no reason. Then oh, I'm gonna teach other people kung fu, even though I was being like a weird supremacist and thinking everyone was below me. Why yeah. why are you teaching the martial arts dude so they can one day challenge you to become the Iron Fist? You make no sense. I know I know they needed mooks. They needed henchmen. And again, Danny yeah. doesn't even fight the henchmen. Colleen fights the henchmen because it's all part of her story of trying to redeem these street kids. Yeah. That's it. Another thing I'll say, uh, the fight scenes this season weren't as creative as season one. They weren't as creative, but they were, like, filmed better, and they, they were a little bit more choreographed a bit better. But, they, yeah, they didn't have that creative flair. No. Season one, even though the action wasn't that great, you had Danny fights a poison spider lady, Danny fights a drunken boxer, Danny fights a whatever, and that was cool. Literally all the fights here are Iron Fist fights regular dudes, Iron Fist fights regular dudes. Yeah, Iron Fist punches the guy, and then the fight doesn't happen because yeah. they all saw him punch the guy and ran off and yeah even like his even like his one episode in Luke Cage was really good yeah that was wonderful that was great and again it made sense cuz he was coming up against people who could actually challenge him the thing that had me screaming the whole time and they kind of touched on it in the final episode but my thing is like you know when Davros is going around killing all the triads in Chinatown I'm like shoot him shoot him in the head get a sniper and shoot him yeah in the he's head. not he's not bulletproof <laughs> he's not bulletproof in fact Danny's not even bulletproof Proof. he gets a bad leg injury and he's out for a good chunk of the episode just because you've got good punches doesn't mean you can't be shot in fact again another reason davros annoys me or davos i keep calling him davros because i keep thinking of the dude from game of thrones he is defeated twice the exact same way when he gets drugged yeah 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 once by by typhoid mary mm -hmm. and then again by danny the exact same way he fell for the same trick twice, twice. You know, I'm beginning to think neither of you are actually worthy of being the Iron Fist because you both seem to suck and fall for the same tricks. 
Well, well, that's why at the end, Colleen ends up with a fucking iron fist. Again, I have never seen a show leave a main character behind so hard for another character. Because again, Colleen was one of the few things people liked about season one. She was one of the few things people liked about Defenders, or one of the things people liked more about Defenders. And they even talked about her in Luke Cage. So it's like, okay, you're the main character now. Yeah, yeah, it's not like a Danny Rand Iron Fist show, and it's a Colleen Wing Wing show now, featuring Danny Rand occasionally. Which, yeah, yeah. Which even when they try and walk that back, where it's like, well, is Danny still going to be in the show? Yep, he sure is. He's not going to be the Iron Fist anymore. We're just going to turn him into Orson Randall now and give him magic guns. But that's the thing; he's just Orson Randall now. Yeah. He even has his costume. Yes, yes, he does. It's like, but wasn't Orson Randall another character? Yes. So you've completely given up writing Danny Rand. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're writing Orson Randall now. <laughs> That's fine. He's a good character. I'm glad you know who he is. I'm glad you read the fra uh, Fraction Brubaker stuff, but apparently you didn't pay very close attention. No, they read all, like, the Orson stuff and the Wing stuff, but, like, I was like, oh, Danny Rand's in this? <laughs> yeah, boo, we don't like that guy. <laughs> and, and again, too, it gets confusing, too, because another one of Davos's like, 700 uh, motivations for why he's a bad guy is like, oh, my daddy liked Danny more, and my mom was an evil bitch. Where it's like, wait, is your mom actually Crane Mother in this? So your actual mother is Crane Mother, who is a villain and is doing wrong. Why did Danny never notice this and say anything? And especially, why did your dad, the Thunderer, never notice and say anything? Yeah, reasons. I really, truly believe that that scene, because it's never mentioned again, that they filmed that very late. Like, they watch it, and they're like, ooh, he doesn't have a strong uh, motivation. Now let's give him mommy issues. Yeah, probably. Yeah, the, like, oh, we've got father issues over here with the Meachams and everything. We'll yeah. give him mother issues Yeah, now. we'll give him some mother issues, which never really comes up, except for the fact that he kind of gets a weird boner for Joy halfway into the season. It's like, oh, is he, like, yeah. trying to, is he getting Oedipal? Is he, like, trying to replace his mother with Joy because she's all, like, tough and, you know, like, condescending and shit? Yeah. There's a sex tape subplot that goes nowhere, too. Yeah, that ain't, like, what the fuck? The, <laughs> that, that makes no fucking sense to do that to Davos. <laughs> Which, it's like, I could see what they were trying to do with him. Like, okay, he's he's like a Knight's Templar-type villain. He believes in purity and honor above all else, even if he has to kill people to do it. Oh, you know, yeah. he, he kind of compromised himself in this situation. Eh, it never comes up again. Yeah, who are they going to send the tape to? Like... Like, if they release it, what's, what's got to happen? Someone at Kunlun's going to see it and be like, oh, it can't come back. Yeah, oh, it can't come back. On the Kunlundian internet, nah, Davos, we saw your ball sack. No kung fu for you. <laughs> yeah, you can't have the iron fist. Yeah, who is he trying to make proud? Who does he, what the fuck does he care? It's so, yeah. it's so goddamn weird. Uh, one of the things I did like, even though, again, she is nothing like she is in the comics, uh, Typhoid Mary was interesting. She's probably, like, the most interesting thing in the show. She is, even though you could take her out and it wouldn't change anything. Even her whole reason yeah. for being there is flawed, where it's like, ooh, I need someone to drug Danny so I can steal his Iron Fist. Well, why don't you do it? You're, like, a cool yeah. kung fu badass. No, no, I need to hire someone to do it. Someone with a split personality who I don't vet very well. Okay. <laughs> and then she just drugs him. She has no superpowers, but she's able to beat him in a fight and drug him quite easily. Yeah, and it was, like, really glossed over. It was like, how were you able to beat the Iron Fist? It was like, oh, I watched him. Yeah, very closely. Like, 
okay. <laughs> this whole show could have been finished in like two episodes if someone figured out, oh, a trank gun. I can put drugs in a gun. <laughs> oh, we can't. We didn't think of that. <laughs> and again, unlike in the comics, you know, Typhoid Mary, she has three personalities, and each one is like a mutant with its own superpower and everything. She has no superpowers here. She's just like a good fighter lady. Yeah, kind of like a female Punisher, yeah, I guess. Very much so. And she only has two personalities, which is Walker and Mary, which I like. They they make that as a big thing. Like, oh, your name is Mary Walker. Yeah, we know we put that together. And also. She has maybe a third personality. That's the thing that got me. The final episode, Davos is defeated, everything is done. Oh no, we need to set up possible spin-offs. So, oh, there's a secret third personality she didn't know about. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, she 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 was the best part, but it still wasn't really well written. Even like the part that like we find out like what triggers her like to turn into Walker and it's like rain and everything and she has to like leave the taps on and everything. And I think I remember I like tweeted out like that's really wasteful. Why not doesn't she get like one of those like like waterfalls, little electric waterfalls instead of leaving all the taps on around the fucking house? So wasteful. <laughs> or, or or like an iPod with the sound of water or something. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's like, oh, aren't you interested to figure out what the third personality is? Shouldn't she get her own series or maybe show up in Punisher or something? Yeah, yeah I don't really particularly care. <laughs> well, 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 again, none of this has anything to do with Iron Fist. The writers just had nothing for Iron Fist to do. Yeah, I do like it, though, with Iron, uh, with, not Iron Fist, uh, with Typhoid Mary's, like, origin, they kind of tie it in with, like, Sokovia and everything. Yeah, that was unexpected. I like that the TV shows are referencing the movies more. Yeah. Which, I actually talked about this in Philly. Everyone's like, well, okay, well, at what point was that in Sokovia then? Because it couldn't have been before Ultron blew it up in the sky. I guess Sokovia is like a lot of places in Russia. It's just in a constant state of war. Yeah, I guess so. It could have been before. And, like, I like to think, like, maybe, like, the people that, like, put her there were, like, because they, they make reference to, like, the Sokovian forces put them there. Was, I, I like to think it was, like, like uh, Zemo's team of oh. Black Ops operatives and oh, stuff. I, I like that, that she knew Zemo and everything. Or she fought against Zemo because she was American and Zemo is Sokovian. Yeah. That's, that's fun. I like that. Yeah, hey, let's see that crossover, please, at some point. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, really, what... Uh, what else can we say about Iron Fist? It's funny, it's like, it went on for so long, but it's like, the stakes were really low compared to the other shows. It was only ten episodes, so it was actually shorter than the other ones, too. Yeah, and they still, it still somehow made it feel like it went over its, it, it's, it's, it overstayed its welcome, basically. Didn't it? Because again, like, the, the last 20 minutes of the show are just them setting up other potential spinoffs they could do. Yeah, and I don't know what it is. Like, why, why are they having such trouble adapting Iron Fist? Every other show, they they they've all got their little corners. Yeah. They've got their their stuff, but like Iron Fist, is just some trouble. Is it because like they they're getting people that don't like the character or something? No, that's, that's likely. That could be a thing. People who don't really get him, maybe they feel like all the good stuff has already been done by the other yeah. shows where it's like oh we'll have him fight ninjas like he does in the comics nah daredevil's got ninjas um okay we'll have him do uh i don't know we'll have him do this other stuff uh, here's another problem i think and this is huge it, it's it's one thing they fixed but it's something i wish they did better we get more flashbacks to kun lun this season and that's good mm -hmm. we don't, yeah we don't get near enough though in the 10 hours of television we see maybe five minutes of kun lun yeah yeah there's not not really that much <laughs> and this is where the problem comes into place 
Davos, Danny, they keep talking about their life in Kunlun and how it shaped them and how important it was to them and, you know, who uh, their teachers were and who their fathers were. We don't know these people. We haven't met these people. Yeah. We don't see these people for more than a few seconds. Literally, how am I supposed to get invested in this show when I don't know why they're fighting? Yeah, and and that's the thing, like like that that big fight we see with between Davos and and Danny in Kunlun, where they have like the masks on and everything. That's supposed to be like the the thing that like drove Davos to like being yeah, evil, but like it really wasn't. He just got beaten, kind of like fair and square yeah, by Danny by Danny. Yeah, and like what you need to do is you need to show that them like training and like his father kind of like yeah. focusing on Danny a little bit more and like like treating him like a son and like leaving davos to just do his own thing and all that kind of like the the snake eyes uh storm shadow thing in gi joe exactly you need to star wars it up is what you need to do you need to have the thunder be like i love my son but i see a great darkness in him yeah yeah i blame his mother (laughs) (laughs) it's all her fault she did it <laughs> and again, you know, everyone talked about like, oh, wasn't Ward so great this season overcoming his addiction and his relationship with that woman? I'm like, yeah, but none of it was Iron Fist. I don't want <laughs> none show- of it related to anything. So no, in fact, they don't even meet that woman. That woman only exists in the Ward part of the universe. She never crosses paths with anyone else. Yeah, and then Ward's like, oh, I'm better now. I'm gonna go help Danny because reasons because i need to find myself and i'm just gonna leave now but it's like dude you just you just knew you were gonna become a father so you're gonna abandon this woman (laughs) who's pregnant with your kid now what a character arc dude (laughs) and joy too i'm like i don't give a shit about you her plan was stupid too like oh i want revenge on my brother and danny for lying to me about my abusive piece of shit father (laughs) And then, like, when she gets her revenge, like, okay, we drugged him and left him on a park bench and took away his powers. No, that's too much. I didn't want that. But that's what I don't understand. She was getting mad at, like, Ward and everything for, for him keeping, like, secrets like her father was abusive. I'm like, but, like, he was just trying to help you, you know? Like, why Why are you mad? Why are you trying to, like, drug drug him and, like, take away powers from his friend and everything yeah. and it's all like, this evil shit? <laughs> what, what level of revenge would you have been okay with? No, I just wanted you to kick him in the nuts a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just, just, you know, just, like, trash his house a little bit, you know? <laughs> just, just, tra- you know, like, wait till he falls asleep and put some toothpaste in his hand, then wake him up so he does that thing. <laughs> That's all I wanted. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, really, what else can we say about this? Uh, oh, there was a little Daredevil stinger. So again, too, to show you how much they didn't trust Iron Fist, they had to put a Daredevil stinger at the end of it in hopes you'd watch to the end. Yeah, and of course we're going to be watching Daredevil because that's the better show. So it's fucking Daredevil. Just, man, made me... <sighs> this <sighs> Season one was rough. <laughs> it was bad. It was. But I kept watching it almost out of like a sick sense of like, how much worse can this get? Yeah, yeah, like, come on, it's got, it's got to get better, it's got to get better, it's got to get better, but it never did, and then, yeah. And then it just ended on, like, a wet fart note. Season 2 starts better and stronger, like, yeah, cool, Danny's fighting crime in the streets, he's doing that. He still doesn't have a costume, and in fact, when we do see him in the mask and the gi, it looks fucking stupid. 
Yeah, that's why I'm glad they went with the Orson Randall costume. He just he, he's basically wearing all of Orson Randall's costume except the mask. Yeah, it's a cool suit, and he's got cool guns, and Orson Randall's just cool. Again, for those who don't know, uh, Greg uh, Greg Rucka and uh, Matt Fraction in their Immortal Iron Fist run would devote like every couple issues to telling the story of an old Iron Fist, and the first one was Orson Randall. Yeah. Then the second one was actually the Pirate Queen, who we find out in this show the Pirate Queen is actually an ancestor of Colleen Wing. <laughs> yeah, again, kind of taking it away from Danny and giving it all to Colleen. Yeah, being like, no, 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 she, her family was always part of the Iron Fist legacy, you see? Yeah. That, 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 that was like another thing that that thing around the um her sword when it, they like turned it over it had like the iron fist sort of logo thing on i'm like really you never noticed that yeah you never thought to look at this any closer than not at all <laughs> no okay that's fine uh jeez but, but like season two it was improved but it was just boring because i had no reason to be invested in anything yeah, yeah, you're like, come on, just you know, show us some Iron Fist, show us some like, like cool action and stuff. But like, none of it really ever came. Give me any reason to be invested in any of this, and like, again, I'm not invested in the main hero, and it's clear you're not invested in the main hero anyway. He might not even be the main hero as far as you're concerned. <laughs> well, he's not. By the end of it, he's basically a secondary character. He got demoted in his own show. That's amazing. Yeah, he's not even in, in New York anymore. He's yeah. off off around the world while Colleen's left to defend it as the Iron Fist. <laughs> do you think they're going to do a season three at this point, or do you think this is their like they can show up in other stuff? Because, I mean, if they do a season three and if Colleen is the main character, don't even call it Iron Fist anymore. Just call it Daughters of the Dragon or call it Daughter of the Dragon and just have Misty show up a bunch. They should do that and then, like, send Danny off to... um luke cage him and luke cage get heroes for hire he seems to work really well with the luke cage characters writers, as well yeah. as like the yeah the writers and crew actually know what to do with him and how to showcase his powers can can the guy who did luke cage season two can they just do iron fist next season because they seem to have a better grasp on the characters yeah. yeah yeah totally another thing too misty was stronger in season two of luke cage because she's fighting like bushmaster as he's all steroided out and everything and she's doing completely fine here regular old mary is giving her a hard time yeah that as well as like didn't she also have like an upgraded arm as well in this like it was slightly more upgraded it was and she talks about upgrading it again and she talks about being a private detective and she's like yeah i'm gonna bling it out next time like ah it's gonna be gold next time yeah, yeah, and I think they even men men mention uh, the the Nightwing, uh, the like detective agency her and Colleen put together. That's cool. That's that's, like that's that. called Night Nightwing. Yeah, there you go. Oh, uh, the one joke that actually made me laugh because this season wasn't very funny either. Is the other thing. Usually you can nah. count on Marvel stuff to be funny, but this was like one of the most dour, most serious ones. One joke that made me laugh is when Colleen and Misty are hanging out in the car together and like, oh, that's a 616 perp with potential metahuman powers. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that was fun. I'm like, where was this? Where was this for the rest of the show? <laughs> why, was, why was this one such a slog? I don't know. It was such a slog, but it was shorter. That's what makes me like, so, like am I insane? <laughs> yeah. How could this be shorter but feel longer? I don't Oh, oh, we gotta talk about this. Uh, eye patched lieutenant guy. Yeah. 
let's talk about him for a second and the weird non-arc that was his. This is how I thought it was going to go. Misty says, oh, I had a cop friend who was working deep undercover with the triads. He got to be like second in command of one of the gangs. Then we see this guy who's got an eye patch and is in second command in one of the gangs. I kept waiting for the moment of being like, ah, you, you were the one. You went too deep. You went like, uh, what is it, like that freaking Scorsese movie. You went to Infernal Affairs and now you're drinking Davos' Kool-Aid. I must defeat you and retain honor to the police. That also never happened. Yeah, that just kind of just like faded away. I kept waiting. I'm like, okay, when's this shoe gonna drop? Right, this this is the guy, right? This guy has to be the guy. Yeah, this this is of... Misty's little arc. Yeah, this will be her mini boss to fight, and she doesn't. Yeah, just just nothing. I get they said uh, this makes me feel like they either greatly re-edited this or reshot it because there's storylines that start and just never finish. It feels like that, doesn't it? Like, yeah, they set up all this stuff, and then they're like, oh, what do we do now? Okay, we've got this, but, okay, we've got to fit it in 10 episodes. If we had 13, we could do it, but we don't. So, okay, we'll just take it out here, here, and there. We can't take that out because it it doesn't make sense with everything else, so we have to leave that in. You might have yeah. a point. Maybe some subplots got lost when they had to cut down the episodes to only 10. Like, remember this? Remember Danny's buddy at the moving company who's like, oh, yeah, they asked yeah. me to join the Golden Tigers back in the day, and, you know, oh, I was a gangster, but I reformed. Like, ooh, is that going to come back? Are they going to reach out to him again because of the gang war, and he's going to be torn, and Danny might have to fight his friend? No, that also never happened. He stopped yeah. showing he, he, Yeah, he just, like, fades away, and so does Danny's job there. Like, just, like, I have a job, but, like, I go sometimes. Yeah, it's like, I know Danny ain't shown up for work in about four weeks. <laughs> who's who's paying the rent around here? <laughs> Colleen ain't teaching kung fu. That was another moment that, like, I enjoyed, but it should have, A, come sooner, and B, been better. Danny's like, oh, I've lost my powers, my leg is broken, but oh, I need to train if I can beat Davos. You know, will you train me, Misty? No, or uh, will you train me, Colleen? No, I won't help you kill yourself. They do the bulk of their training off camera. Yeah, yeah, like, yes, and they they start, like, taking that apart, like, because they're living in their dojo now, and he starts, like, moving the furniture, and, like, and then, like, yeah, it just cuts to, like, her training him. Yeah, we literally come back in episode eight, and she's like, oh, I've trained your body, but it's your mind you need to, I'm like, we didn't see any body training. Yeah, yeah. That that should have been an episode, that should have been a thing, where they work through the relation problems, but no, it was just done. Yeah. So yeah, that's basically Iron Fist 2 in a nutshell. A lot of missed opportunities. Yeah. Wasn't as bad as season one, but I actually wouldn't recommend it. I wonder if this is why that we're going to be getting like Daredevil within the next month or so. Like, it's like just sort of like to push it out of the way. Like, yeah, Daredevil and then Punisher. Let's forget this happened. Unlike season yeah. one, too, they seem to have downplayed the importance to everything else. Because season one of Iron Fist actually ended up being super important with the hand and all of that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Here, it seemed like there wasn't as much importance to the rest of the world as what happened here. Nah. Yeah. So, I guess that more or less does it for the show, everyone. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, and favorite, if you would be so kind. If you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this one first before anyone else. Uh, It also goes up on SoundCloud and iTunes, usually around Thursday. And, uh, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to talk about, Matt? Uh, No, keep an eye out on my channel, however, for a vlog or whatever. I'm not really sure what I'm doing yet for Oz Comic Con this weekend. Right. 
uh i'll be looking forward to that i'll probably be instagramming and facebooking and twittering it and everything so yeah real looking forward yeah yeah we'll keep an eye out for that that's uh that should be fun that should be interesting so yeah i guess that'll do it for us everyone thank you so much for listening and we will be back again next week with another episode bye bye